This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tal Radio. This is me, RJ Sankhya, hosting through the interview today. Healthcare is an essential requirement for everyone, but not yet anyone, everyone has the privilege to access it in the same way as some of us do. And in times of deteriorating health, hospital expenses can escalate rapidly, making it even more difficult for those without proper healthcare coverage. So in such situations, nothing is more valuable than a helping hand that arrives promptly at the event of medical emergency or any kind of medical surgery. So Operation Access North California is one such organization that addresses this issue. Operation Access coordinates surgical and specialty care for people who need it. And in collaboration with a network of over 100 Northern California community clinics, they have identified patients in need of care and matched them with volunteer medical professionals. And their volunteers restore the health and quality of life of patients and their families. And their help is always available for people with structural inequality because of their limited income or migration status, race, language, or ethnicity. And the impact of Operation Access has had on the lives of those they serve is immeasurable. And it is a testament to their commitment to making a positive difference in the world. So today, I'm honored to be knowing about this organization through the words of its program manager, Dennis Gracia Leon. So Dennis Gracia plays a key role in overseeing and coordinating the various programs and initiatives of Operation Access, and I'm really happy to be hosting her today. So let me welcome her on the show. Hi, Dennis. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for taking time for us too. Yeah. Mm. So um, as wrap up my first question, could you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became involved with the Operation Access? Yeah. So... My name is Denise Dayang Garcia, Leon Garcia. I know it's a mouthful, but I'm very proud of my name um, because it's given okay. by my parents. I'm um, sorry so, if I pronounced it wrong. <laughs> oh, no, you're totally fine. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I am the, a little bit about my background. I am the eldest daughter of Mexican migrant parents. I lived majority of my life in Santa Clara County. And then I moved to San Francisco to uh, pursue higher education at San Francisco State University, which is actually how I got connected with Operation Access. I was doing an internship there and I there was a job pos- uh, position available. I applied after I graduated and I was accepted. I've, uh, I'm now a program manager for the San Francisco and Peninsula counties, which are very special to me just because they, as I mentioned, I lived in Santa Clara County I also lived in San Francisco, so it all just really hits home for me. And I feel like I'm, I'm serving my community. And the main reason why I chose to intern and to continue working at Operation Access is because I see, I see my family members, um, my parents in the faces and the stories that I hear from the patients that I help every single day. And I love that my coworkers, the people that do volunteer, the specialists, everyone who partners with Operation Access also believe that healthcare is a human right and that it should be treated as so and not just as a privilege. Um, so 
that's why I, I love Operation Access and I love the work that we do. That's so lovely. So uh, could you give us a brief overview of Operation Access and the work that you actually do? Yeah, so, I mean, you explained it very well. <laughs> Operation Access <laughs> does provide a pathway for community health center specialty referrals. And these uh, specialty referrals uh, include gastroenterology, general surgery, ophthalmology, ENT, gynecology, and many more. And they are all served by partnering specialists uh, that are willing to donate all of the care at zero cost to the patient. We do only provide outpatient and elective procedures, nothing that requires long-term care such as cancer, heart conditions, diabetes, etc. Chronic conditions would always be done at a primary care level. And if a volunteer does detect cancer, for example, a patient is referred to have a colonoscopy and if the doctor detects uh, cancer, then we would immediately refer them back to their clinic so that the clinic can help the patient get enrolled in full scope Medi-Cal in order for them to uh, have ongoing care. Wonderful. So um, are there any kind of programs that Operation Access have for providing free surgical and specialty care services? And is there also an emergency response available too? Yeah, so uh, Operation Access only does one core thing. I know many nonprofits do many and have many programs, but we primarily only do uh, specialty care, providing specialty care for uninsured and low income patients. Uh, we also do provide language services. Um, again, many of our, our patients are Spanish speaking. We have Portuguese speaking patients, Tagalog, uh, Mandarin, and many more. Uh, but we, we always try, um, we do provide language services. If transportation is a barrier, they can't get to and from their appointments. We also pr uh, provide and partner with Lyft and Uber. And we, in some cases, we have also helped in hotel stays. If a patient has surgery, let's say on a Thursday, and their post-op post appointment is the next day at eight in the morning, then we'll go ahead and they're coming from, let's say Modesto or Monterey, then we can always help provide hotel stay. And those are just little things that uh, we try to do in order to, to minimize the barriers to care that they already have. And we wanna just minimize that even more while they're uh, being helped by operation access. And as far as emergency responses or procedures, we unfortunately don't provide that. Um, if someone does have an emergency, they should always go to the emergency room. And uh, we do have some wait times within like operation access, but they're actually pretty low. Um, we always uh, prioritize biopsy cases and colonoscopies because in most cases they are time sensitive. And we like to, to have good communications with our community clinics. And if they do communicate that they want us to prioritize a patient and the referral, then we will always serve them as quickly as possible. Perfect. So uh, how do you envision the future of Operation Access and what are your goals for the organization in the coming years? Ooh, we have so many goals. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think, I mean, our biggest thing is we, we hope to still be part of the community. We still envision to continue expanding, 
partnering with new hospital systems and volunteers in, in other counties, as well as ideally wanting to receive enough uh, funding in order to continue to provide services to the patients at zero cost as we currently do. Actually, since 2020, we a big focus has been uh, working on expanding our service areas to many more counties in Northern California. Our pro program currently uh, serves patients in San Francisco, the Peninsula, East Bay, which are uh, Contra Costa and Alameda counties, and North Bay and Humboldt area. So our goal for the end of this year, for 2023, is to expand into 15 new counties, again, all within Northern California. And again, we're always just actively listening, learning to the needs of the community and want to find new ways uh, in order for us to help provide for care for our community. Wonderful. So how does your organization approach diversity, equity and inclusion in its work? And what steps have you taken to promote these values? Yeah, so since the beginning of last year, a few of our staff members uh, created a, a work group in order for us to identify goals and develop an action plan to address structural racism. The work group adopted a DEIB plan, which is Diversity, Equity, Inclusion and Belonging Plan. And it has four primary goals to address this through trainings and workshops, policies and practices, um, staff development and leadership development. The, the work group is still fairly new. Uh, we're just working on executing our goals by educating ourselves first, and it hopes to build a culture that is more diverse and inclusive um, in order for us to, to really practice what, what we preach. Wonderful. So who have been your most frequent monetary donors so far? And do you want to mention someone who has helped the organization in a very good way? Yeah, so um, our program depends primarily on the help of uh, hospital systems for both services and grant fu uh, funding. Uh, again, that's why our biggest goal is to continue to expand and work with new hospital systems. Um, hospitals such as Kaiser Permanente, Sutter Health, Adventist, Providence, John Muir, they're all partners and funders for Operation Access. We also always welcome uh, just individual donations that really helps uh, because it's not cheap <laughs> to provide care, um, just as like the lift, the hotel stays, uh, language services, um, but those are our primary uh, donors and, and partners. Great. So um, can we know what kind of patients are eligible to value services and how can a patient like come to you or how can someone refer a patient to you? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so again, <laughs> I just want to emphasize Operation Access only serves uninsured patients um, that do not qualify for uh, full scope medical, for example. If, uh, if a patient does have restricted insurance, such as emergency medical, that's totally okay because emergency medical isn't going to help a patient uh, that has a hernia, for example. Um, I think 
I'm going to give you a scenario because sometimes I think that's easier to follow. <laughs> so, yeah, um, sure. let's say Felipe <laughs> is a patient. Um, so Felipe <laughs> works in construction and he works very long hours and he does a lot of heavy lifting. He ends up developing symptoms of sharp pains in his abdomen area and it just becomes so bad he can no longer work. Even coughing or bending over to tie his shoe uh, hurts him. He's in chronic pain, but because he has no health insurance, the emergency department uh, turns him away because his symptoms aren't considered emergency. And that's why I say um, emergency Medi-Cal is acceptable for operation access. So he ends up visiting a local community clinic. I can give you an example. There's San Francisco Free Clinic within San Francisco. Uh, that we partner with and that there's a primary care doctor there who sees Felipe and based off of his symptoms refers him to our program at Operation Access to see a specialist. In this case, because it is most likely a hernia, uh, uh, he will see a general surgeon. Operation Access then receives the, the referral from San Francisco Free Clinic we input the referral, we go ahead and call Felipe to ask him a few questions to see if he does qualify for our program. These questions are just to make sure that he doesn't qualify for any other type of insurance because in an ideal world, we would love for everyone to have access to health insurance, um, but unfortunately that's not the case. So Felipe does qualify for operation access and then his case would be sent to one of our general surgeons. Uh, the volunteer then um, gets him a console if he needs any labs, exams, ultrasounds, the doctor orders it, and along with the surgery and post-op care. Again, through our time this, uh, with the specialist and, and operation access, Felipe does not pay for anything because it is all donated. And once the once the doctor sees him for the post-op, he says that he that Felipe is fine. He can go back to work. He can go back to his regular life, um, and ideally, you know, pain-free. Then we will go ahead and close his case. We will let him know that he can return to his clinic, and we will also close the case and send a note to the clinic saying that he has been helped and has had his surgery in order for us to close the loop with uh, the clinic. So that's that's a little how it works. <laughs> I hope that made sense. <laughs> it does, it really does. And nice example. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So um, give us some success stories or any incident that's going to remain close to your heart, if not Felipe. <laughs> right? I was like, Felipe is actually a patient that I just made up in my mind. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> So we need some real stories, stories yeah. which is like your favorite <laughs> right now. My favorite, oof, there's so many. Um, my favorite story, um, and I, it makes me a little emotional, but it's just because it's so like close to my heart. Um, <laughs> in, in 2020, I went with a coworker and we were doing holiday office visits. And I'll explain real quick. So a holiday office visit is, um, we love to celebrate our volunteers. You know, like our volunteers are volunteering their time. They're, they're, they have their patients. They're not practicing doctors. Um, that's a, a good question that patients have had. Like, oh, are they students? Are they practicing on me? No, not at all. 
Um, and so we'll go to their office. We'll give them goodie, goodies and just say, thank you so much. Take pictures, get to meet the schedulers that we talk to on a daily basis and just everyone that forms part of the team in order for them to, to see the patients. So in one of these holiday visits, uh, I saw a patient and I remember that the patient was gonna go to her appointment. I just wasn't sure at what time. And I really wanted to go up to her and introduce myself, but then I wasn't sure if it was her. So I was really discouraged. And <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. So I introduced myself and I asked her, I'm like, are, are you Haiti? And she literally gave me the longest and biggest hug ever. And she starts crying. <laughs> And, oh. <laughs> and I start crying and um, it just, when I hugged her and how she hugged me, it just felt like I was, I was hugging like a family member. And that's why I say like, I see my parents, I see like my atia, you know, that's just like in desperate need and just lost all hope. So um, yeah. she, after we shed our, our tears and um, she told me a little bit about uh, her, her situation and she told me that she lost hope. She tried for years, and I think it was more than four years of her trying to receive care um, and medical assistance, and she just continued to, to be turned away due to her lack of insurance. Um, and this was primarily because of her, her migration status. And so because she couldn't qualify, uh, for insurance, then she was given, you know, she, she also couldn't pay for private insurance because she's low income. So eventually uh, of being turned away for so many years, she just lost hope and began to accept the fact that she may eventually lose her eyesight completely, which I think is horrible. Anyone who just gets to that point, it's just heartbreaking because how are you just going to accept, you know, I'm going to lose my eyesight because I've, no one is willing to help me. I just have to face my quote unquote new reality. So, um, Luckily, she found a community clinic, uh, which is Samaritan House um, in, in San Mateo, and they referred her to our program. I was her case manager, and I sent her to one of our ophthalmologist specialists, Dr. Vinca at Mills Peninsula, to do her surgery at zero cost. And Haiti was given her eyesight back, um, which is a huge success. A success story. She would tell me that she began to fall frequently because she thought that the chair was there and she would miss and she would fall. And um, another thing was she kept on, she thought she lost her favorite jacket, but turns out that her cataracts were so bad that she just couldn't see the color anymore. Um, so little things like that. And I did write a quote because I think it's so sweet because um, I did a patient story on her. <laughs> And uh, yeah. uh, she says, quote, uh, they all they all make me feel like a person, like a lady. I have gone to many hospitals and I have never been treated as good as they treated me. Dr. Vinka explained everything with lots of detail so I can understand how my eyes currently look and how they would be after surgery. Samaritan House, Operation Access, Dr. Vinka and everyone at her office has become a family to me a family that I have here after not having mine present in this country. Whew, end quote. <laughs> so just <laughs> things like that. It's very meaningful. A lot of our patients 
just go through so, so many barriers to care and they just again lose hope and they they think no one wants to help them or language barriers are a huge thing so they're just afraid because of migratory um of their migratory status they're yeah it's very unfortunate um hearing hearing a lot of the stories but that's why we also try to make them feel comfortable and just um get their trust because we are with them every step of the way um i i like to use like the the term like all i'm here holding your hand um for a little bit and then like go on and just you know get advocate for yourself and ask all the questions from the doctors that's why we provide um an interpreter for you that's why we're trying to help um guide you and give you all the resources that you need in order for you to to not lose that hope and and for you to advocate for yourself because it's really important and a lot of patients don't just because they've been turned away and they haven't even been given the opportunity for them to to ask so yeah that's i'm i'm going more on a tangent but <laughs> No, perfect. It's perfect. Because I think this is the most heartwarming kind of success story I've heard out of the all interviews that I've done so far and it's really lovely. You're a great nice. narrator by the way. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I was <laughs> I get really emotional so I'm like I don't want to cry because when I cry I sob. Um so I'm just like okay, it is little by little but <laughs> No, you you almost baby. made me cry. You almost oh. made me cry too. <laughs> We'll just hug it out and cry just like we did. <laughs> yeah, we should. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. So, um yeah, I think I've come to the last question right now. Um so how can a potential donor or a volunteer approach you to provide help? And also like are there any ways that someone can join your cause? So tell us about that. Yeah, so we're We'd love to have people mainly visit our website to learn about the the program. I definitely believe everyone should, I mean, donate. You should donate to any cause that you believe in. So that's why I invite people to to um if you believe in this, if you just want to help any dollar honestly helps. Surgeries are very very expensive. Um so it's yeah. our website is www.operationaccess.org and then if you go on the on the website on the right hand side on at the top of our website uh there's a join uh, our cause tab and then there's also ways to get involved and donate to our cause you can become if you are a doctor a nurse um in any of the the facilities that we work with and partner with then you can totally help donate your time uh we're always in need and if you want to also be an interpreter uh we would love to have you if you want to just help us for office volunteers that's also super helpful um anything really you can always just contact me i can just say my phone number it's uh 4157330085 that's my direct line you can always just call me chat talk about anything um i'm just happy happy to help also happy to just learn about anything um if, if you're a clinic if 
if you have ideas for us to just continue providing uh, care for the community, that would be great. Um, yeah, that's pretty much how you can just contact me. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so we are done with the questions and it was really amazing connecting with you and knowing about the wonderful work that you do. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. I was honestly really nervous, uh, <laughs> but I like I like how we just you know eventually treated it as as a conversation. I also sometimes think in Spanish, so the words oh. get mixed up. So I had to. <laughs> no, trust me, you were have, amazing. Like, <laughs> no, you were amazing. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you, um, and this is great work that you that you all are doing as well. Um, I was looking into the website and I just saw it and just spreading kindness and awareness is, is very important for the community so everyone can just stay connected and and we're all here for just trying to just be kind and good people. <laughs> thank you so much for that. Yeah, thank so, you. Yeah, it was really amazing connecting with you and knowing about the wonderful work that you do. And I think this this is going to be the most touched interview of all oh. so please keep up the good work and you're amazing thank you so much i appreciate you sending nothing <laughs> but love and good vibes to you and your thank team thank you so that was dennis gracia leon program manager at operation access hope you find this interview insightful and for more such interviews stay tuned to dial radio powered by Tasha life foundation and this is me sankhya signing off for today take care you all you have just listened to Tal Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.